It's recording now. This is what's going to be oh. on the actual episode. Okay. You ready? Yes. Are you nervous? No. Good. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. We are going to do a overrated, underrated segment. The idea, my lovely girlfriend Ashley, who many of you have heard on the podcast before, is going to read uh, some different topics or concepts or just nouns, and I'm going to riff on whether they are overrated or underrated. I guess I might say properly rated, but it's probably, I got to No, the point of the game is underrated or overrated. Okay. Yeah. So the the one thing that I wanted to just talk about beforehand is the notion of the bootstrapped entrepreneur who builds a massive company. So I was just kind of doing a little bit of Googling and internet research and realized that a couple companies that are pretty major names, Spanx, have you ever worn Spanx? I have not worn a pair of Spanx, but I hear they do amazing things. Well, well Spanx, um, GitHub, GoPro are all completely bootstrapped. They've never taken any money. Um, the other other one that a lot of people know in kind of the entrepreneurial world is 37 Signals. They have a productivity manager called Basecamp, um, and they write a lot about that, about a different way of thinking of building a company. But that is just phenomenally impressive to me. Not only that you'd build something that big, but in a world where so many people are raising ridiculous amounts of funding, that's just phenomenally impressive. But let's go. You're going to start giving me uh, topics now, and we'll we'll get to All it. All right. And here we go. Pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, so this is overrated. <laughs> you you had one last week that I tried. And I mean, pumpkin is nice, but way too much is being made of this. I don't know if this is like Starbucks oh, it's and their 100% marketing efforts Starbucks. or what, but it is just massively overrated. Like it's not something I would ever seek out because I just have like a yearning for like I need that taste in my mouth right now. So I recently read something about the creation of pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks and the team had been responsible for coming up with a seasonal drink, new flavor to kind of, you know, boost marketing and sales. Something novel. Exactly. So that's why you have all of these maple pecan lattes. You have pumpkin spice. You have the salted mocha caramel, you know, so on and so forth. And it's not really the healthiest of flavors or the healthiest of drinks, but genius marketing to get people excited about something that's only around for a couple months out of the year. Yeah, limited limited time offer. That makes sense. And I mean, pumpkin spice is definitely, I would say, the biggest of any of those. But like, even that is just really not worth it. And so. it's also ingeniously with coincides with National Coffee Day that it's around the same time that it comes out. Also, another fun fact about pumpkin spice lattes because I love them so much. Renaming this the Pumpkin Spice Latte Podcast. <laughs> um, they actually changed their formula after someone or figured out what was in the pumpkin spice latte and they recreated it by sharing all of the ingredients and exactly how much you put into it. So they actually started using, I think, either more natural or more organic flavors for the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte that they have now. That's why it sucks. <laughs> Amazon's new HQ search. 
So this is underrated. I mean, a huge deal has been made about this. Mayors are putting together proposals and all this other stuff. But in terms of not just the impact that this will have, that, that uh, plenty has been made of the 50,000 people that will be employed and the reverberations of what that will do to a small local economy. But this is a brilliant general propaganda effort. So I think that Amazon is likely going to be – it's either Amazon – or Apple that's going to be the first trillion dollar company. You realize Microsoft was basically going to be the same kind of hegemonic figure in the economy. And it got broken up by antitrust legislation. They don't want monopolies. They don't want companies getting too big and too powerful. And by basically creating an environment where every single major political figure, not everyone, but a lot of them are making these efforts and showing, hey, I want Amazon here. I support Amazon. They are handing over the responsibilities of marketing themselves and building brand goodwill throughout the entire country and even into, into Canada, like Toronto and these other places want the headquarters there. That is going to be so important for them because they don't want to get broken up when they're a trillion-dollar juggernaut that's even more powerful than Apple and Google and Facebook. I think we're past the point, though, of any company being too powerful. You think about Apple and all of the data that they have from their users, all of the all of the technology that they they have, they haven't released yet. You know, facial recognition is it's kind of scary. Yeah, but I mean, they could still get a lot more powerful. And right now, there's some negative sentiment, like that. There's there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, like Trump is someone who's taken shots at Amazon and said, he, you know, he doesn't like Jeff Bezos because he owns the Washington Post. But that could reach a fevered pitch if more people start losing their jobs. I mean, the re- like this, we've seen these Toys R Us closing and these other retail giants struggling if, you know, 20,000 more people lose their jobs because of the continued growth of Amazon there's going to be a come to Jesus moment. It's not just Amazon, though. While they may be the forerunner of all this, it's online that is taking away jobs. Things are being automated. Sure, but Amazon is the manifestation. They represent that more than any other company, and they are the biggest, and they are beyond just traditional retail there in everything. Kindle's? and e-readers. Massively overrated. I've had a couple people say, you know, you can get all these free PDFs and you can load it all and have your entire library in your hand or in your backpack and it's so easy to carry. I've had multiple. um, I've had an iPad and I've never, I've tried multiple times. I've loaded them with books. I have never gotten in. I don't think I've finished a single full book on an e-reader or Kindle or whatever it may be. I love having the book in my hands. I love being able to take physical notes on it. And just in general, it is completely closed. So there's no chance I'm going to close the app and then go look at Facebook or close it and and go get distracted by some email or something. I can just take my book on a plane and leave everything else in my backpack and be completely at one with the book. Massively overrated. Okay. I'm torn on this one because during college, having my laptop... And all of my other notebooks and binders got really heavy. And walking from one end of campus to the other, my back would actually hurt because of how heavy 
my backpack was. So when I would load all of my PDFs or, you know, iCloud documents and just pull them up when I got to class, that was a little bit easier. You can highlight and you can take notes on a computer, you know, on each page. So you still have your notes there. But I can definitely see where you're coming from in terms of distractions being readily available on a Kindle or iPad, you know, as soon as you click the home button, the world is at your fingertips. Moving on, millennials. Millennials are underrated. So what are the most common gripes about millennials? We're killing the napkin industry. Yeah, so, so there's the whole thing about us killing these industries. Most of those industries sucked, whether it's Kindles or wine or, or whatever else BS storyline wants to be made of it. Most of that stuff sucked and needed to be shut down. But just in general, like all these things about... Us being entitled? Entitled lazy. or lazy. It's like, what generation didn't have shitheads is, is really the way I think about it. Like, you can't tell me that like the baby boomer generation didn't have a fair share of people between the ages of 22 and 25 that didn't have it figured out. It's not like everyone was up in a house. Like like we talk about, you know, ch- houses were so much less expensive. That's why home ownership was possible. And all this. It's like, it's not like everyone had that all figured out. There are plenty of people who were living in their moms and dads' basements or, you know, having a drinking problem or having a drug problem or all these other things. It's like no, no generation escaped that. And just because we happen to be the young generation right now, I mean, I actually think millennials are significantly underrated in terms of our just general, like people call it woke, but awareness and empathy. And I think, honestly, it's a rite of passage for older people is once they can start saying about young people, you know, what's wrong with your generation or back in my day, this, this, and this. I think that's essentially what it is, but there just happens to be a larger amount of the baby boomers now more than there are millennials. And I think that's why we hear so much negative feedback on our generation. Like I also know the stats of this show. I know that most of the people who are listening to this are 40 or younger. And of the select few baby boomers who might even be listening, like they probably don't even fall this bucket. A lot of them are just talking about like their kid. Like they may have fucked up the parenting game when they talk about how much millennials are terrible. And that is not something that necessarily applies to the entire generation. Like that's its own form of discrimination and stereotyping. We all overgeneralize and we all throw blanket statements. You know, it's, I think it's just part of our vernacular and everyday talk. Agreed. All right. Reaction videos on YouTube. I hate these so much. I So I, I watch a fair share of YouTube, whether that's for educational purposes, entertainment, or just in general. Like That's kind of how I feel like I stay on top of culture more than any other digital platform. And they're always, like in the suggested next videos the reaction videos to videos that are really popular. So what a channel does that doesn't necessarily have the talent to create their own amazing content is when some sort of celebrity feud happens or prank video or some other video goes mega viral, they do a video where they basically just watch the video and comment on the video, like either talking shit or, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And these have so many views. And I think what we need to do is start a movement of refusing to watch those videos. You should not need to watch another person's reaction 
to figure out how you should be be reacting to something that makes sense in like a political context or something of significance but these viral videos like needing to watch how someone else reacts to something is so ridiculous to me and so annoying and the fact that literally people build their entire entire channels off of this now i'm sounding like a hater but i try to watch like i try to see what is going on here and it is just the most basic vapid bs and i really hope that you'll join me (laughs) in boycotting reaction videos so i will have to admit that i have dabbled in a few reaction videos just lost some brownie points specifically little kids reacting to music like bands like acdc um 80s 90s hip-hop and it's really funny and cute sometimes when you you can tell the kids who know the songs it's because their parents have played it for them and some kids have no idea and it kind of you know reminds me of my own household where we did not listen to the beatles and our parents are the same age and you grew up listening to the Beatles. It's just, it's just, I think they're cute. I could hedge here and be like, yeah, well, it's kids. So that's a little different, but I'm just going to stick with it. Like it's a waste of time. Don't watch reaction videos. Well, good thing you're not the boss of me. All right. Moving on to meat space. Yeah. So I wrote this in a weird way. You have like a furrowed brow right now because you're not sure exactly what that means. That just means meeting in, in real life. So much of our lives has become digitized. We interact through these social platforms. We're emailing. We're, we're doing digital messaging. And we're not getting in the same place with other people. And that was just driven home for me in such a big way over the last week. We had the Thrival, both Innovation and Music Festival. I saw so many great people that I hadn't seen in a while. It's led to a number of interviews. You already heard the one with Eva, but there's a number of other ones coming down the pipe um, that people are going to be listening to that are a complete byproduct of that. And then going to the music festival and the the how fun it is to just be in a crowd all enjoying the same song. And then we were at uh, Derek's birthday and that was the same type of thing so where much fun. you're just um, in the same place with other people. And that's really where the magic happens. And it kind of, unfortunately... It, that's the good side. The bad side is it ties into an event like the shooting that just happened in Vegas. And without getting into some sort of political BS, that's the type of thing that scares people Yeah, and and, and can potentially change behavior. The way after 9-11, people were afraid to take a flight. And after this, people are, are going to be afraid to go to a concert. Like think, think about if Thrival music had happened after that shooting. There would be people who ended up not going because they're just afraid of being in a big event like that. And and my hope, it, it's beyond a hope. My challenge, because I always end these episodes with challenges anyways, is to not fear the real space. Don't let a story like this force you or or lead you to spend less time in the real world with other people. For as many stories like the Vegas story that we hear, um, and there are so, so many of them. There are all, there are so many countless stories of good people doing good things for one another and caring for one another and going out of their way that go unrecorded or don't necessarily go viral. And, and that's another thing that I just keep thinking about is like, how can we make more stories like those be, you know, the main center point of our, our discussions. But I just need to reiterate that that is really where the magic happens and it's a tremendous tragedy. There's there's countless like those in the last year that we've had to find out about. But 
get in the real world with other people, whether that's because you're trying to move your business to the next level, whether that's you're, you're trying to reconnect with old friends or make new ones, that's where it's going to happen. Yeah, I completely agree. So thank you so much for listening to this, guys. I hope that this was entertaining. If you enjoyed it, let us know on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media platform you're using. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.